0: helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian certified counselor and award-winning psychotherapist.
1: Welcome. My name's Melissa Waggett and I am so excited that you have decided to join us this week. For our exciting show, I want to invite you who are listening to settle in, relax, and get ready for another interesting show. This week, we will be talking about the truth about schizophrenia. We're going to take a deep dive into this topic, hopefully, unpack some myths and explore this topic in a wholesome way, looking at both sides. And I really think um, you're in for a treat. There's a lot of meat we're going to get into today. And so I am looking forward to today's discussion very, very much. If you've joined us for the first time this week, let me extend a hearty welcome to you. We're so excited you've chosen to listen to our show this week. If you want to find out more about this show or this ministry, we encourage you to look at our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can always contact toll-free at one 877 544-3546. Five four four three five four six, And we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. And for those of you who have listened to us over the years, you've come to know and love, I hope, my co-host um, in studio with me is none other than Michael Hart. He is an award-winning psychotherapist who's registered with the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario. And he joins me Each week in studio to impact these important uh, psychological topics, relationship topics, and just general things that you and I go through each and every day just by being human on this earth, but we always look at it through the lens of Christianity and our faith, but we also apply the principles of psychotherapy on top. So I think it's an awesome combination. I know for myself, I have learned a ton over the years, Michael, and I will let you get a word in edgewise now because you're on the edge of your seat. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for sharing your expertise with us. And I'm excited for today's show.
0: Thank you very much, Melissa. And I'm very excited as well. I think this is such a very important topic for us to cover the, the truth about schizophrenia, which is uh, today's topic, is so important because I think it's one of the most misunderstood mental illness. People know a lot about depression. People are able to uh, recognize and identify uh, people who are bipolar and who have anxiety. But I think uh, schizophrenia is one of those mental illnesses that are often labelled as a spiritual problem within church circles.
1: Exactly. And that's part of why we identified this today. And we really want to look at that faith element that comes into play with this, and which often leads to a a lot of misunderstanding, frankly, about this disease. Yes. Hopefully we can, as I said off the top, dispel some of these myths, get a bit of more of a balanced perspective. Um, and as I said off the top, if you have questions at the end of this today's show, go to our website or give us a call and we'd be happy to follow up some more. But but as it pertains to faith and um, schizophrenia as an illness, what kind of things have you seen in terms of how we of people of faith can misconstrue some of the the signs of this illness. Why are we even? Right. Why are we talking about right. this uh, on this show today? Yes,
0: uh, the last uh, show that we did on spiritual abuse, we went to our. Uh, Facebook page, and we read some of the posts that uh, people talked about how they have been abused uh, in their congregation, in their local faith congregation. And one person talked about uh, someone attempting to drive a demon out of her by physically uh, assaulting her, really, uh, using physical force to drive a demon out of her. And uh when it comes to schizophrenia, people misunderstand some of the symptoms that people have as being signs of demon possession. So we're gonna talk about what some of those signs, but let me just backtrack it and talk about that that episode that we did on spiritual abuse. Uh, if you'd like to hear this episode, you can find it on our, our website at elimconstingministry.com. You can also read about the post about uh, people who have been spiritually abused and to to see uh, how they have recovered from it and what they have been through, because some of the testimonies are very, 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 very interesting. So when it comes to schizophrenia, a lot of people have been wrongly labeled as demon-possessed. In the States, they say every year there is at least one person that dies as a result of an exorcism attempt. And these people were not Demon possessed. They had a mental illness. They had schizophrenia. But because of the, the symptoms that they were manifesting, people within the church who are not familiar with mental illness diagnosed these, thought that these people had demon possession. And this is what makes it very, very easy to mistake the two because when someone is schizophrenic, they, they have delusion. So a lot of times people with schizophrenia, they will, say, I have a demon. I think there is a demon inside me. On top of that, people who are schizophrenic, they also have hallucinations, auditory hallucination and visual hallucination. So they will hear things and they will see things. So they will see things that To your, to, to, when you hear them talk about what they see, it seems as if they're, they're seeing things in the spiritual realm and it's, and, and that these things are demonic. So the assumption is to go from what they're reporting that they're seeing to say, yes, we're dealing with demonic entities. And so because of the fact that they're hearing things, they're seeing things, and they often have bizarre behaviors, they start acting in ways that, that, uh, seems bizarre and out of the out of the ordinary, which seems to line up with some passages in the Bible uh, that talks about demon possession. So, for those reasons, people uh, look at so, look at some cases of schizophrenia and draw the conclusion that these people are demon possessed.
1: And I think this is a point here too for people who maybe had interactions with people like this. What I'd like to assume people, they're coming from a good place. Right. When someone in the church is trying to help someone experiencing this and labeling it as such, it's coming from a well-intentioned place. But what I'm hearing from you is even though you may be well-intentioned, as we saw in that post, sometimes the effects, though— unintended can be negative for people and quite, quite scarring.
0: Yes. I've seen cases where people have suffered tremendously because they were told by people in their faith community that they should stop taking their medication and exercise faith. And as a result of stopping their medication, they... Their condition worsened, and they they have serious uh, things happen, like suicide attempts and so forth. So it's very important that if you are dealing with someone who are or showing some of these symptoms that we talk about, that you first of all recognize recommend, recommend first of all recommend that the person uh, be seen by a medical practitioner to see if there is a a, a mental illness at stake, and don't assume that just because you're, they're saying they're demon-possessed that they are. Uh, I think a very good rule of thumb is that if someone is telling you that they're demon-possessed, they're probably not demon-possessed. In the Bible, we don't hear of incident incidents of people going around saying, I am demon-possessed, right? We see people taking their sons or, or their children to dark dort- to, to Jesus are coming on behalf of their daughter saying, I have a child who is demon possessed we have demons reacting to the presence of Jesus by by screaming out and acting out we don't see them going around you know saying to people Oh I have a demon I have a demon I have a demon and so people who are schizophrenic sometimes will say those things but that is part of the the the, the, the the delusion the that they're having, where they're seeing things and, and they're imagining things. When I say seeing things, they're imagining things and they think these things are real. And you can't tell a schizophrenic that what you're seeing is not real. And so if you don't understand the disease and how it works, you're likely to think that you're dealing with uh, demonic entities.
1: So I want to take a little bit of a segue from the illness so schizophrenia and talk a little bit about the demon part. Right. Um and the demonic possession part that we've talked about because as you say when we read scriptures there's examples of demonic possession outlined there has there been any scientific work um that has established any proof
0: right. as good
1: as our science can establish a proof mm-hmm. that demons do exist well, and as i say spe- separate from a sk- person suffering from schizophrenia but just in general anything to show that demons exist beyond right. what we have in our scripture. Right.
0: But when it comes to the spiritual realm, it's hard to talk about proof as such. But I think I would preface that my answer to that question by saying that we tend to be in opposite camps, right? We have the spiritual camp where people who are spiritual, they see everything as being in the spiritual realm. And then we have people who are in the mental health field or the medical field that they see everything as being solely medical. And I think the truth is that the, the two worlds overlap in a lot of way and some things can be medical and also have a spiritual dimension to it. It does have to be extreme. So when it comes to the realm of, of, uh, of science, there there have been psychologists and psychiatrists who have admitted to the fact that there are things that is going on that they don't understand. Uh, one one such person is Dr. Richard Gallagher, who is an Ivy League educator, board certified psychiatrist who teaches at Columbia University and the New York Medical College, and he has become renowned in the states for advising spiritual leaders. As to whether or not the case that they're dealing with it's a mental health case, or whether or not it is something more than that, and he he was once very skeptical, but then he said that he has seen things uh, in his practice that made him realize that there is more that's happening than just uh, than just mental health issues. So in in an article that was published a CNN interview that he did that was published in the form of an article online he talks about seeing uh, objects fly across the room and uh, people people acting in in, with strength that is beyond what is humanly possible and this has caused them to believe that there is something going on that cannot be be measured cannot be attributed to just uh, a physical, to the physical realm. Another doctor is Dr. Lieberman. He's the director of the New York State Psychiatric Institute and he's also a family therapist. And he was skeptical as well. And so he, he talked about treating uh, one woman who was who was brought to his attention, who, who was reported to be demon-possessed. And he said after many months of treatment, there was no success and then he said so he didn't believe in demon possession, but then some strange things started happening. Uh the lights at his house started turning on and off. He talks about uh objects falling off the shelves. And then he told it to another colleague who was with him treating this woman. And he said, that's bizarre because the same thing were happening was happening to me as well. And so uh, this to him, he said, he, he, and, I, and I'm going to read read here a, a quote, that the conclusion that he came to, and he said, I had to sort of admit that I didn't really know what was going on, because of the bizarre, bizarre things that occurred. I wouldn't say that demon possession demon possession is impossible, or categorically rule it out. So he's saying that these things have caused him to soften his stance into instead of being in the camp that that says for sure this is not possible, he would say, I would not rule it out because of the things that I have that I've said. And I think if we go to the other extreme in, in the in the uh spiritual camp it's important for us to to Soft in our stance a little little, little bit and to say some of these things that we are seeing, maybe it's beyond our expertise. Maybe we are dealing with mental health issues and not just uh, someone who is demon-possessed.
1: If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today we are examining the topic, the truth about schizophrenia. If you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to check it out on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-I-L-A-M, with 2 lsministrycom Elam is a non-profit Christian counseling center in Ottawa. We strive to provide Christian counseling at an affordable cost to help people cope and overcome life's challenges. If you want to find more about us and what we do, again, you can check out our website at Ministry.com, or you can also call us at one 877 544 Three five four six, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you may have, or also provide you with a copy of today's show if you happen to have missed it. So, Michael, we were talking a little bit there about the camps between the spiritual camp and the scientific camp, and the recognition that the reality is it's a both and, and finding that middle ground. But if someone out there and is listening to our discussion and says, "Okay, I hear what you're saying," you're saying demonic possession is possible but we also recognize there is real mental health issues and illnesses that need medical treatment. Absolutely. How on earth, as a lay person or someone who may not have as much experience as yourself, begin to distinguish between the, sh- the two? Because as I said off the top, I think most people working Christian circles, church groups, wherever, are coming at a well-intentioned place.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: what guide can you give us to begin to discern what on earth we're dealing with and the next steps we should take? depending on what yes, we see.
0: that that's a, that's a very good question. I'd be happy to answer that. But let me just say first, though, that when it comes to the two realm, demon possession, although it's possible, it's, it's very, very rare. It's not as common as mental illness. I would say 99% of the time we're dealing with a mental illness health issue and not a demon possession issue. But I think we have made a mistake in some of our circles where we tend to see everything as being, as being a case of demon possession. So first of all, it's rare. Now about the signs and what differentiates the two. When we talk about demon possession, we have to go to what the Bible says about uh, about the, the occurrences, what the symptoms of what, it's, what it looks like. And what we find, if we look at Acts 16, 16, for example, the girl in that uh, story that was demon possessed, we f- we see that she was involved in occult practices. So if we're if we're uh, dealing with someone and we're we're trying to figure out, are we dealing with a spiritual issue here, or are we dealing with someone who has a mental health issue? Those are things that we would have to investigate or you know is is, the, is this is this person in some kind of occult practices that that opens up that door to the to the dark spiritual side and i think uh in mark 5 2 to 4 we see another sign that these people who ha- were demon possessed they had superhuman strength we talk about th- th- the story talks about those two men who they would break off chains that held them that that people put on them to keep them bound, they would break those chains. And we also see that in Matthew 8, 29, which is a very interesting passage, we see that the demons were able to know things that they had knowledge that they should not be able, a normal person would not know. In that passage in Matthew 8, 29, the demons recognized Jesus as being the Son of God, even before he declared it to his disciples, that he was the Son of God. And they also had very, good uh, theology about the end time, where they said, have you come to torment us before the time? So uh, some in cases of demon possession, one uh, therapist told me of an incident where he was dealing with someone who ended up being a case of demon possession where this person called him by a name that only his mother used to call him by and he, he he was shocked because like he he didn't couldn't understand how that person had that knowledge to call him by a name that nobody else knew except except people who knew him from his childhood so people who have special knowledge that that it's just not possible to explain in human terms or it could be signs that you're dealing with something here that is not natural
1: and so the flip side for the purpose of today's conversation the more common right um thing that would be happening um would be someone who has a, is suffering from schizophrenia or affected by schizophrenia yes yes and there's symptoms associated with that and what i'm interested for you to explore too is some of those less common symptoms cuz often we think as you talked off the top the the visual or auditory hallucinations, the right. delusions—more of the positive symptoms—but right. mm-hmm. that's not everything, right?
0: Right. Mm-hmm. And it's
1: something that I, again, I think people just don't understand a lot about this illness.
0: Yes. yes. So for people with schizophrenia, sometimes there is this uh, diminished emotional expression. They have this flat look, like they—they they are there, but they are not really there. They're—they're ex- almost expressionless. Uh, there, you also can see very disorganized speech, where. They're saying a lot of things, but the, it's not making any sense. And I'm not talking about just jumping from topic to topic because we all do that, right? Mm-hmm. And some of you might say we're doing that on the show today. <laughs> I was just
1: going to say that hopefully it's not a symptom because I do that very yeah, we frequently, do that all the time, but it's that disorganized. Right? Doesn't make a lot of yes, sense.
0: Yes, and they they will say things and connect things to other things in a way that just doesn't make sense. It's just not rational. They will say that someone did something to them and then you say, okay, tell me what they did and they start explaining it. But as the explanation comes forward, they, they start talking about other things that are not related or they're telling you about, uh, the facts that in a way just doesn't, doesn't make sense, doesn't add up to what they're telling you. So very disorganized speech is also a symptom of of schizophrenia as well and then there are other symptoms as well where we sometimes have people with inappropriate effects like laughing uh just randomly you know in the absence of of a joke or or they have disturbed sleeping pattern. And just this lack of connection with with reality where they're 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 behave, saying things that just doesn't does just does, doesn't seem to add up with what others are seeing in as reality in the situation, and then there can be. Uh, anxiety and, and uh, in, in paranoid schizophrenia, people are very paranoid that people are out to get them or to harm them, and they are suspicious of everyone. They will say things like, the neighbor is talking about me, but how do you know? Well, I can hear them, but you can't really hear because the neighbor's house is so far away. But people with schizophrenia actually think they can hear the neighbor's voice. So those are some of the symptoms.
1: And And... Probably not an exhaustive list, but right. at the same time, if people are listening and maybe identifying themselves or something, they know some of those signs or maybe they've had feelings. Right. What should they do? Because I think the point is we're not saying diagnose someone. That's the other bit with this <laughs> show. We're not <laughs> saying go out and diagnose people. That's not your role. Right. Unless that is your professional designation, then that may be your role. But if you're just a lay person in the church, we're not saying go out and diagnose. But if you're seeing these signs... What hope do you have for people and what next step should they begin taking? Well, I think
0: the first step, if you're seeing someone with these signs, and especially some of the other signs we talked about earlier, like the hallucinations, seeing things or hearing things that are not visible or can be heard by by others, if you're seeing those kind of signs, you're seeing the disorganized speech and so forth, it's important for you to get medical help right away because the sooner you get help, the better. And if you, if you get help, there's actually a very good chance of recovery statistics show that there is a 6 to 5% chance of improvement uh, where people can have normal lives with very minor symptoms if they get help within 6 months to to 2 years of having the condition but the mistakes that people make is that they they they, they put off treatment because they're spiritualizing the issue and they're doing everything else, right? And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be praying for the person, but you can pray and fast for the person and at the same time get medical help as well. But a lot of times people in spiritual circles, they put off, the getting of medical help and the condition worsens and becomes harder to treat. So if you're listening to my voice and you have a relative who is going through this or if you are going through any of these symptoms, Yourself. It's important to know that it's not the end of the world if you get help. Uh, the medical treatment that they have today, uh, you you can get over this illness, and you can go on to to live very healthy, a very healthy and normal life. As a matter of fact, some of the people that you would least suspect today, who are doctors and lawyers, and in very high function and capacity in society, had. Uh, some kind of of psychotic episode earlier on in their life. But because they get the treatment, they went on to do great things with their lives.
1: What other kind of treatments can people expect?
0: I think uh, in, in treating schizophrenia, there is also... A, a group approach where sometimes people within the treatment center, they have uh, groups where they can share their stories with others. They can learn from the people who are at different stages. And I so I, I think it's important. So the medication is important. The, the group therapy is also a, an effective way of uh, form of treatment. And cognitive behavior therapy to manage the stress that comes from uh, having this disease can be helpful. And let me say it's not a either or because I think sometimes we tend to think that if it's demon possession then or oh, it's demon possession and you just need to be to have an exorcism done and you don't need any medical help. But let me say that even if it is, there is stress related to that. You know, if someone is, is being tormented by demonic entities, they're, they're being stressed. They are they're probably afraid. They probably are fearful, and they're probably not sleeping well. And all of those things give rise to the need to seek medical attention as well. So I don't think we have to entrench ourselves in a camp. I've heard people that say, I'm not going for treatment because I know that what I have is a demon. And I think that's the wrong approach, because even if it is, and I'm not saying that that it is, but I'm saying even if it is, you will still need medical, you may still need medical treatment to deal with the stress because you're in a physical body. You're not a spirit.
1: I love your holistic approach, Michael, and I really think it's encouraging for us as a church to be able to help people on both sides, whereas you say we're praying for them, but we're also rooting them on, cheering them on to get the medical help that they need and being a supportive body. That gets people well. Any final thoughts on today's show?
0: Well, Let me say that this uh, show was just meant as a way of, you know, helping the body of Christ and helping people to have a more holistic approach to the issues that we face as a body. And it's not to put down anyone's religious belief or to make anyone uh, feel as if, you know, what they're doing is is not good enough, but just to shed light on some of the the areas based on what I have seen by people who have come to me from all over Ottawa and the surrounding areas, that these things are sometimes schizophrenia, sometimes... Uh, very, very misunderstood and mistaken for demonic possession. So if you, if you have heard this show today and you are dealing with this or you have a relative who is dealing with it, go to our website at com.
1: Thank you so much, Michael, for exploring this topic. Again, I know I've learned a lot. I hope you as who have been listening today have learned as well. And if you happen to have missed part of today's show or want to listen to it again, go to our website at com. Elam is spelled elim Counseling with 2 com or call us at 1877-544-3546
0: so until next time this is your host Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Ministry thanking you very much for listening and praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart